Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Good morning everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Shape of Work podcast and today with us we have Mr Abhi Vallabh who is the co-founder of Extra Edge. Hi Abhi welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. How's it going? Great and thank you for having me here and good afternoon to all your readers and your viewers and it's really a privilege to have be here and you know to answer your questions so look forward. Thank you thank you Abhi most welcome. So before we go ahead and start right just to set a context for our new listeners over here can you just tell a bit about yourself and your journey your career journey up until now Yeah sure so basically you know i am a computer science graduate from bharti vidyapeeth university in pune started my career as a data scientist with hsbc spent most of years in london working for hsbc in the data side came back to india joined a startup b2b saas startup called mindtickle which is now a unicorn so yeah. as an early employee so you know it's it's fun to work in a early stage company which is now in the hindsight turns into a unicorn so you know great fantastic two years of uh, building global products from india at mindtickle and then left mindtickle to start extra edge with my co-founder sushil who i met in hsbc and he was a crm and business intelligence uh, guy for a long period of time with uh, stints in us and france so we both kind of came back to india and then you know started our journey and uh, you know to make admissions conversions predictable for education brands in a simple way today extra edge is a b2b saas company and we help education brands get to product market fit and we help them increase manage and predict their conversions and optimize their cost so they use us for their sales acceleration and their cost optimization in their funnel so that's how we are being used we have around 210 customers in india us uk uae we also have raised you know venture capital near about 2 billion dollars and headquartered in pune and have been building this company great great abhi i mean good to hear that you know regarding your recent funding so amazing amazing on that so uh, see now that you have the experience you know working with huge corporates as well as now you are into saas startup right so mm-hmm. these days there's a lot of new trends in terms of how and where works work is getting done so what yeah. trends do you think will be you know significant for businesses in the longer term in the yeah. current scenario right so yeah. i think elon musk says right so we all go with that so he has his own own definitions of and i think just to paraphrase him he says that great work never gets done remotely right it needs to be done with people in a single room right i think it's a very controversial topic first of all and there are a lot of views floating here and there around it so what i would say is that i think if you look at it from first principles there are two kinds of workers one are the workers where you have to describe a lot before you delegate and one is the kind of workers where you can just delegate and do the work now people who are in their career between you know 0 to 3 years of experience in the early stage a lot of describing is required before delegating and it becomes extremely difficult in a fast turnaround business critical timelines to describe remotely exactly right? so if you see that you know companies like basecamp who probably around 15 years ago created the concept of remote work and wrote a book called rework and remote right they were a bunch of 30 40 odd guys who were highly highly qualified highly skilled you know very good at what they did experienced and they used to work remotely very well so you know i think uh, for people where a lot of description is required before delegation i think working together sitting together 
and getting a lot of things done makes a lot of sense. For people who are a pro at the job, they know what needs to be done. They do not need a lot of hand-holding remote works. Although saying that, so this, this is my first perspective from a skill set perspective. I yes. think the second perspective is that you see that the age of startups have shrinked a lot. So what Tata did in 200 years, probably Flipkart has to do in 15 years, right? But Flipkart yes. did in 15 years, extra has to do probably in eight years. Yes. So when as time has shrunk, you do not have a liberty of taking it slowly, right? Yes. A VC, when invest in a company, they want to return in seven to eight years. That's their horizon of returning back the money, right? Yeah. So companies like us and founders like us has to work based on the realities of our own business, which has which is, has to be as fast turnaround times. And if you have to have fast turnaround times, you don't have time to breathe. And when you don't have time to breathe, right, you need to get things done very, very fast and quickly. And in that collaboration, being in the same room really helps in that process. So it's the nature of the work that we do leads to the claims that we need to work from office. But for really highly qualified people, even they could do remotely if they are disciplined, they are skillful enough. And description is not required before delegation. These are my thoughts. Yes. Got it, got it. So, you know, what pivotal shifts in, you know, employee preferences have led to companies restructure how they attract and hire the right people? Yeah, uh, I think, first of all, you see that you, know, you are today competing with companies who have raised huge amounts of money. So money and how much money somebody is giving cannot be a competitive advantage because there will be always a guy who will be giving more money than you. Right. Yes. So, so what probably holds great people back is that, are you solving really an amazing problem or not? Right. Is the vision of the company or the problem that you're solving in an industry you are in, is that big, hairy, audacious or not? I think that's one. And it's a job of the founders, the recruiters and the, and the leaders to articulate it again and again, again and again in front of the you know prospects who are applying in your company. Yeah. So I think big, hairy, audacious problem is very important and communicating and evangelizing it is even more important because people do not know until you tell them. Second is that I think, uh, you know, culture is a highly, you know, cliched word used so many times, but I think a group of people who care about each other and who also care about the progress of each other. And especially when you are not doing well, right? So how do you treat people when they are not, when they are in doubt, they're not doing well, they're stuck. I think that defines culture and it always reflects and manifests like, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal manifest in communicating great culture manifest in behaviors, how you, so I think that is very, very important and smart people understand behaviors very quickly. They see that and they start to behave in that way itself. If they go in a toxic culture, they will behave in toxic culture to survive. If they come in a culture which is more open, where people share their problems, solve problems unitedly, they can they get attracted by that. And finally, last but not the least, I would say that you know a lot of good guys want to work directly with the management. You know, I was fortunate enough to work at Mindical with the founders very, very closely, and I still cherish that. I still take their advice today. So I would say that very critical and very important that people who really want to accelerate the career, they really need to work with people who are fast learners, constant learners, and they evolve very, very quickly. And by default, founders of a startup and the you know, leaders in a startup are fast learners. They are continuous learners, and they do things very, very quickly. So your career graph also gets accelerated very, very promptly. And fourth, the last but not the least being is that you need to show them a visual career path. How can you become a AVP and VP in my company should not be metaphorical, should be in a, in a, in a deck, in a PPT. It should be very, very clear. What do you need to do to get from point A to point B 
I think that needs to be very clearly articulated even in a startup. We have done that as a clear path of people and you know, and you can go in a domain expertise. You can lead people or become an individual contributor. That needs to be clearly chalked out, shown to the people again and again. And you need to create promotions or you need to promote people who are deserving in that ladder. So that builds trust. So I think a bit of articulating the big, hairy, audacious goal, making sure culture gets transformed to behavior, ability to work directly with the founders, and finally showing them a career path. It's a combination of all four that really attracts good talent apart from, I would say, only money. Yes. So how can these, you know, fast-growing organizations improve and scale their HR processes for a more flexible, you know, digital world of work? Sure. I think, uh, you know, HR processes can only augment and only accelerate your defined culture. They cannot create your culture or they cannot create your processes. Okay. You will always have some kind of culture. You will have some kind of processes already inbuilt. What HR does and recruiter recruitment function, HR function does is that it just accelerates and augments it and probably gives us a fine touch on the corners. They will not end up defining it. It's being defined primarily by the founder and the leadership team. So I would say that what they could do is that A, being very conscious of people's time. I'll give you an example. When people apply in your company and they apply, you need to revert in 24 hours. If you have taken the interview, right, you need to revert in 24 to 48 hours. If there's a no, give reasons. If there's a yes, give an offer letter quickly. So, you know, I think first turnaround times are very critical and very important for the HR people and the process because we live in an attention deficit world and people don't have time and and they have multiple opportunities. So you need to be very nimble on your feet. I think that's, that's one. Second, very important, I would say, is that for the HR and HR functions, they really need to not only understand the process, they really need to understand the existing talent pool in the company. What's the culture? What works? What not works? What are those unsaid rules in the company, which are part of the DNA of the company and organization? So I think HR function should spend a lot of time with the founders to understand the culture of the company, right? A third thing that I would say that it's a good hack is whenever an HR comes, she starts to bring on change or she starts to hire more people. I think before doing that, she should look internally and talk to people who are already there for a long period of time. Why are you here? I think rather than asking that, why this is a great company, you should ask a four-year, three-year-old guy that, why are you staying here and you're a really good guy? What makes you stay here? So, you know, you get internally, you know, firsthand information from the ground that what makes people click here? What makes people stay here? What makes people happy here? Right. So I think investing time internally is very important to understand the status quo and to understand the DNA of the company and then articulate it to the other people. And finally, last but not the least, I think for HR and the people in the processes, they need to be very patient because you see that when they come in, they would want to change things. They want to bring in a lot of stability to the chaos, but chaos has been working in some order and it goes in that order. So it's like Mumbai local. If you are a Mumbaiker, right, a local will seem chaos, but it's a very organized chaos. It's very structured. It goes on time. So a new guy who comes in a Bombay will say, what kind of mess I have brought myself into. But once he spends some time and understands, he will say that the whole city works like that and it works precisely like a clockwork. So it's like that. So they need to be patient, understand time and slowly and slowly they can bring out changes. So I think these are the few things that being very fastidious with timelines to the external world. Spending in the internal world to understand the existing DNA culture and the processes of the team and not trying to change immediately, but understand why it works, how it is and why it is, how it is, 
and then starting to make changes externally and internally is something i would say so see nowadays now there is this uh, sort of a talent war going on in between you know large enterprises and small businesses like fast growing businesses right so what are some of the strengths of these you know emerging fast growing industries that would you know help them to compete with these large enterprises yeah i mean see the thing is that the market is so big in different different industries right that every company can carve one niche out of it if they want to provided that their product or services have value differentiators right in a competitive market if that's taken care of then everybody has ability to build a company i mean like you have a sales force yeah. which is you know 100 dollar you also have a close.io you have a pipe drive you have a hubspot you know you have other companies like freshworks and zoho all of them by default you know are crm companies but you see all of them are 30 to 40 million dollar and probably 100 million dollar in arr and all coexist because they cater to different different niche and audiences so i think the world is bigger the capacity to buy softwares across industry right has accelerated even further which means that every company can carve a niche out of it if they have a value differentiator right and the product is really really awesome or service is really great so saying that i think becomes very critical and important is that you know startups really understand and small companies understand that what's their own competitive advantage and i think there are some basic competitive advantages that are there they're nimble they can move quickly right they can change things very very quickly right they can provide a wow experience and services to companies they have an ability to completely pivot and change overnight if they want to right they are not constrained by red tape and lot of policies and lot of approvals okay and you know they can kind of make a small dent by getting few customers and they will let the giants know that they are kind of poking them probably poking the bear as they say right so yeah. i think these are the obvious things that anybody will tell you and i am also telling you the same thing but some of the things that a startup can really change and make difference is that you know thinking that can their product and service offer a 100x better experience than the current incumbent because you know is the product experience service experience or the business model experience is 100x better than the current i think that's very very important second is that are they communicating and articulating their vision very very clear to the customers you see i mean if a customer is using a 100 year old company's product and extra edge comes and says that you use extra edge why would they trust me they don't even know me i think they will trust what i say and then what i do so i think that you know whole thing of communicating very strongly why we are different and why we are 100x better and why we will be the winners is very very important and critical and third more or less i would say that the ability to raise capital is also like today a good competitive advantage because venture capital is available you can quickly raise money you can quickly turn around a product cycle or a service cycle and build things get it out of it experiment if you want to i think these are the few things that allows startups to compete in a competitive world and the talent gets attracted by all these things yes. you know because the talent that is sitting outside there loves t20 you know they they don't watch test matches right yeah. they want they they are the t20 fans right so they they live in the world of they don't like you know to write to read a 1500 you know word blog on medium or substack they like 140 characters on twitter <laughs> so you know we are dealing with those people who like fast moving journeys okay they like to change things quickly they want quick results they want they want the respect or they want the contribution and then all of these things that makes a startup compete against the bigger companies attracts them because of the demographic at the age group of the people and their behavior from there so i would say that it's a perfect match for you to have these kind of people i think the challenge is retaining them but you know you keep on giving them challenges 
you keep on throwing them and they will thrive and survive and you need to be accepting to the fact that people in that age group will leave you and that's okay if they are leaving for the right reasons that's okay uh, and you need to hire more people and keep continuing from there it's not a it you should not see that as a betrayal you should see is that that they have some ambitions and aspirations which your company cannot fulfill if you can you can you should keep them you should coax them but if not then you should happily bid them goodbye and have no and have create this culture of ecosystem of you know helping people in their careers at times it might not be with you it might be with somebody else you should have their blessings you never know they might come back yeah and finally so how is extra edge you know becoming a choice yeah so we you see you know if you ask me that how do we want to go down in the history of b2b saas company in education i think we would want to go down in history as trying to become one of the great places to work right so i think for us the most important priority and that's kind of put out in a cultural and core values itself is that we really want to become a great place to work and you know it's like it's like the pursuit of happiness right it's great place to work is a pursuit are we great today no but do we want to become of course yes are we taking strides and working towards this of course yes right will we reach there someday of course yes so you know it's like priority uh, for me and sushil my co-founder our our biggest priority has been that can extract become at least to start with in pune and maharashtra right one of the great places to work and we are trying to create that ecosystem that environment that culture that facilitates that why behaviors not just by saying it you know so i think that's that's something that you have to choose and i remember the case of mindtickle so i'm a mindtickle ex mindtickle employee right mindtickles from the day one they wanted to create a great place to work and today they are one of the great place to work right so and there are other saas unicorns also who got got built out but they are also good places to work but the core motivation was not to become the great place to work from day one extra edge carries is that motivation so you want to become the perfect choice for great guys to come and build their careers here and we we are going to work towards it so while we have set out that vision what are we doing now we are helping people to build a career path we are crafting a culture which we practice on a daily basis right right from the founder to the leaders everybody is reprimanded every 90 days there is a 360 degree feedback of the founders of the leaders by the entire company which is published to the entire company right we take regular surveys there's a person of employee advocacy who talks to all those 80 people once in a month anything and everything and that feedback that condensed comes to the founders comes to the leaders they are self rated evaluated so you now there are few of the things that we do you know to self regulate us and we kind of tell the people in the market that we pay decently you know but it's the place where you want to build your career for the long term and you want to work with great people come yeah. here come to extrage and it might not be for everyone but that's okay got it so yeah abhi uh, it was very very nice talking to you and it was amazing to hear your insights on this yeah thank you thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast thank you thank you for having me here and uh, you know if anybody is looking for applying at extrage i would like to have to say that they can always go to our linkedin career page and there are a lot of openings out there and you know, help us hire there we are very actively looking for a head of head head of recruitment i think so that will be really helpful if uh, if people are interested in helping us hire better so via springworks i want to wanted to you know say that you know but yeah thanks for having me here it was really great speaking to you thank you we thank you for joining us thank you thank you